Pinky wants to get back to work. I have had so many people, and they want to practice social distancing, and they want to practice no handshaking. No handshaking. They're not going to go walk around hugging and kissing each other in the office when they come back, even though they may feel like it. They're going to do. They're going to wash their hands more than they've ever done. They're going to do all the things you're supposed to do. But see, you know what? It's it's time. They want people want to get back to work. One of the major themes of the president's uh, update yesterday, the briefing, the press conference, was that we're going to get back to work as quickly as we can, as smart as we can depending on where the outbreak stands in various areas. Putting a lie to the just utterly, incomprehensibly dumb media narrative that the president says open by Easter. The health experts disagree. No, he's working with the health experts every single day. And I I live in a place where uh, uh, they've closed down everything but essential businesses. They've encouraged that. And uh, so I'm at the donut shop yesterday thinking, why is a donut shop an essential business? It's not. It's food, so it falls under restaurant, but it's not essential. Nobody thinks donut shops are essential. I appreciate your daily research into the reality of donuts these days. And uh, they have a sign on the door, like other businesses that are open I've been into, saying, uh, you know, uh, practice social distancing and everything like that. If I'm the business next door that sells video games and I can't be open, why can't I do exactly the same thing? And have signs that say practice social distancing, but not lose my livelihood. Well, because... You're not necessary. And the donut shop is. Arguably. If I'm I'm owning the store next door, no, it's not. You can't make an argument for the donut shop being open. People don't need donuts at all. In fact, we'd be better off without donuts. If you want to do social social engineering, you're better off without the donut shop. Right. Smoking and donuts. My only objection to your daily visits to the donut shop is that you're bringing up donuts a lot, and it makes me want donuts. Mm. That's my only objection. I asked her how it's going. She said, we're staying afloat, but it can't last long. Oh, boy. Yeah. What what did we learn? The average small business has 60 days of cash. That's the average. Yeah. Uh, so uh, at the presser yesterday, the the briefing, which uh, I have found, I, I watch it every day now. Not the entire thing necessarily, but it's super informative, and I'm getting to know the personalities of the people involved, and it just it makes me feel good for some reason. Happens around 5-ish East Coast time, 2-ish yes, West Coast time. Yes, sir. Um, and I happen to be taping a lot of those news shows, so I, I catch it, you know, when I can catch it. But yesterday, there was a moment, my sweet wife and, and darling daughter and I were watching it as she's home from school. And I'm having a lot of fun watching news with her because she's um, junior in college right now, and she's specializing in uh, data analysis, political data analysis, and doing internships and research projects and stuff like that. So um, we go over the polls and talk about the polls? methodology and Polls. What polls? Most of them. All of them? Okay. Anyway, um, and it's been super interesting, but there we were, the three of us, watching the briefing together yesterday, and and Jaws dropped (laughs) a little bit. I think you'll probably catch the moment when, here in clip 26, by the way, this is the president, obviously, in CBS's Paula Reed. Mr. President, you tweeted earlier linking the closing of the country to your election success in, in November. Is this Easter timeline based on your political interest? Because you, by election success? You, no. you tweeted, you said that the media wants the country to remain closed to hurt your own. No, no, I think the media, yeah, no, the media would like to see me do poorly in the election. I think, I think, lawmakers and economists I think both sides of the aisle have said that reopening the country by Easter is not a good idea. What is that plan based on? Just so you understand. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. 
I think there are certain people that would like it not to open so quickly. I think there are certain people that would like it to do financially poorly because they think that would be very good as far as defeating me at the polls. And I don't know if that's so, but I do think it's so that a lot of that there are people in your profession that would like that to happen. I think it's very clear. I think it's very clear that there are people in your profession that write fake news. You do. She does. There are people in your profession that write fake news. They would love to see me for whatever reason, because we've done one hell of a job. Nobody's done the job that we've done. And it's lucky that you have this group here right now for this problem. Or you wouldn't even have a country left. Okay. Go ahead, Nevada. Wow, he he points right at her. You write fake news. He looks over to her left. She writes fake news. Oh, and she continuing to interrupt the president with her. Health experts have said we shouldn't open by Easter. Oh, my God. I don't watch the news. That's a good decision, son. A sound one. And, and and the whole and we'll get to this I don't know whenever you want Jack the the whole narrative around the malaria drug that everybody's discussing it's just the poor idiot who drank the aquarium cleaner and died poor guy but oh my god well something was going to get that guy <laughs> well, I mean so the only thing is amazing is that he lasted this long but what what really pisses me off is that the the simpletons and just angry bitter ideologues in the media all they can do is is yell fight fight look look over here there's a fight including when there's not a fight and including when it's incredibly important that we not be fighting because we're up against a terrible foe. At that moment, little twits like CBS's Paula Reed is screaming, Fight! Fight! When there isn't one. Um, we got to mention every segment, this unbelievable no- news. The unemployment report came out today. It shatters all the records. 3.28 million jobless claims. There's never been anything even close to this. According to my figures, that's a solid four and a half times the highest number ever. Yeah, so this is a, 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 a bit of an incident, a bit of an episode that we're going through, folks. Well, um, the uh, two point whatever trillion dollars, nobody even knows, uh, plan is uh, going to the House today. I was following this yesterday. This is a, uh, a hot quarantine meme. Your quarantine nickname is how you feel right now and the last thing you ate. Like last night I tweeted, I'm exa- my name would be Exhausted Cinnamon Roll. Uh your name is how you feel right now in the last thing you ate. Sean? Uh, exhausted in my pride. You ate your pride. I guess so. You yeah. had to ingest oh, a little pride, really. Yeah. Look at you going deep on yeah, this. Yeah, philosophically. <laughs> wow. this is, well, you ruined the fun, but good for you. Joe? A great taco. <laughs> The good, it's like the great pumpkin, but spicier. The great taco. You feel great, and you ate a taco. You know, it's funny. In our little pre-show meeting this morning, Michelangelo, Michael pressing the buttons in the control room there, yeah. he, he, uh, he he mentioned that they think there may be a gastrointestinal uh, aspect to this thing, It'd give you a little bit of the funk. And uh, it was odd he mentioned that at that moment, um, although I think the, the fact that I demolished four spicy fish tacos like a hungry tiger. And then my wife, having gotten the fill of her spicy beef tacos, said, you want this? And I said, raw. <laughs> I think wow. that may have a little more to do with my current um, um, discomfort than, than the coronavirus. People gaining the, the COVID-15. Michael, your current mood and the last thing you ate? Uh, constipated cheese. 
<laughs> they, they fit together, really. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, you, there's like a, right in your name. There's a cause and effect. It's fantastic. That's so good. Don't wash your hands with the cheese, though. Like that one. We continue to be amused by that at my house. The woman who washed her hands with cheese for four days, where she realized it was a block of cheese. Every time we get out cheese, somebody brings it up. It's just so funny to think of. That's great. You, she should have married the guy who drank the uh, aquarium cleaner and died. And they could have hung out together. And it made a good couple. Oh. Yummy. You're washing your hands with cheese. He's drinking aquarium cleaner. <laughs> aquarium cocktail before dinner, sweetheart? Oh, well, yes. Oh, oh, my God. Sounds delicious. You know, that's one thing, and having my, uh, my little one, who's now a grown woman home, reminds me. There's so much less giggling in my house than there used to be. It used to be a laugh riot. In the Getty household, just all the time, and now I miss that. But you know, sunrise, sunset, sunset, yeah. not sunset. Sunset isn't a word. Sunrise, sunset. So they passed it last night. Um, uh, no, no votes. Everybody voted for a two trillion dollar stimulus package that's got so much stuff in it. We're going to talk to an actual congressperson who's a fiscal conservative, Tom McClintock, about that next. Armstrong and Getty. So the biggest, most expensive bill in our nation's history passed unanimously yesterday in the Senate, 96 nothing, And uh, dang, that's a lot of money. And uh, of course, nobody actually could read it because it's too long and complicated to actually read. But that's the way we do things most of the time anyway, so that's not an outlier. It, it might take days to read and weeks to comprehend, but... Congressman Tom McClintock represents the 4th District of California. He's one of the great fiscal conservatives in the land and has got to have mixed feelings at best about this. But here he is, Tom McClintock. Tom, how are you, sir? Uh, mixed feelings at best, thank you. <laughs> now, you you guys are going to vote on Friday? Or are you going to actually try to comprehend this thing? How dare you? Well, yeah, the, the, the vote's been scheduled for 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, so I'll be on an afternoon flight back to Washington. Um, uh, uh, we at least have a day to, to go through it and, and look at the analyses. I'm still going through it myself, uh, but you're right. I mean, it, it, it is, is clearly going to much more than double the current deficit, which is already unprecedented and unsustainable. And... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid the spending in the bill is so massive it's going to threaten to destabilize the fiscal structure of the federal government. It's going to certainly suppress future economic growth, and I think it's going to create fiscal problems that are going to take decades to, to, to unravel. Uh, but provisions of the bill do hit the core of the problem, which is a liquidity crisis. And the answer to a liquidity crisis is liquidity. And it is providing for uh, substantial access to credit by businesses, large and small, so that they can they can survive this government-induced uh, uh, crisis. Uh, the, the C-19 virus did not kill our economy. The government did that. So you're watching Neil Karkashian? Is that his name? Uh, Sunday oh, night, Kashkari. On, Kashkari, yeah. Uh, on uh, 60 Minutes on Sunday night, he was a um, candidate for governor of California, just like you. But he said, uh, "We're big enough and powerful enough that we can do this." There's like we're we're a bottomless money pit. Um, you don't agree? 
Uh, no, I don't. Uh, uh, interest on our current debt uh, is is uh, the fastest growing part of our federal budget, and we're spending over four hundred billion dollars a year now just paying interest on the money we've already spent at a time yeah. of incredibly low rates, too. Ex- well, yeah, but 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 don't forget that that. Debt gets turned over time. We've got $23 billion accumulated of debt now. And as we turn that money over, uh, an increase in interest rate, a small increase in interest rates will cause a huge increase uh, in our uh, principal payments. So that's the danger uh, that that, uh, the capital market looks at the federal government's fiscal condition and says, you know, know, there's a little bit more risk here lending to you guys. We're going to have to raise our rates a little. Small increase in rate, huge increase in, in borrowing costs. That, in turn, drives another uh, interest rate increase because there's now added risk, and that's called a debt spiral. It leads to something called a uh, sovereign debt crisis. That's when people stop lending to the federal government. That's when Social Security checks don't go out. The military doesn't get paid, and that's when the roof comes down on us. Now, we're a long way from that, but we're making a big step in that direction uh, uh, with this bill. On the other hand, uh, we were within a few weeks of a liquidity crisis turning into an insolvency crisis for, for employers. That means that even in, instead, right now they've seen a drop in their revenues. They still have their expenses they have to meet, uh, and they don't have the money. They've got to have easy access to credit, federally guaranteed loans, discounted uh, you know, low-interest loans. Uh, uh, that's the problem right now. If they don't get that in the next few weeks, they go to an insolvency crisis. That means that uh, uh, they begin selling off of assets. They begin defaulting on debt. That's when a temporary uh, um, uh, loss of jobs becomes a permanent loss of jobs on a massive scale. That's why action is required as quickly as possible. And with all the flaws in the bill, it does get at the core problems that we've created um, uh, uh, by this government-induced uh, shutdown. I mean, <laughs> think about it. One month ago, we were having the most prosperous and most promising economy in our lifetimes. It's yeah. just taken a few weeks of government actions to destroy all that, and they put us within weeks of the – right now it's a temporary destruction of millions of American jobs. In a few weeks, it will become a permanent destruction. Tom McClintock, Congressman, 4th District of California. is Republican on the line. Are you reasonably pleased with what Mitch McConnell and the administration was able to get deal-wise since everybody was under time pressure? Well, that's that's the the, the point. It does some uh, very important things. It, it rewrites the the Dodd Frank uh, uh, law, uh, which will restore flexibility to borrowers and lenders to adjust provisions in loans. So that uh, I've had a lot of uh, uh, employers say, uh, you know, I, I called the bank. I said, look, I don't have any revenue this month. I can't meet. Uh, uh, the, the the payment requirements can we adjust those? And the bank says we'd love to. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the lender doesn't want the borrower to go under. Then sure. the, the lender loses everything. Uh, but we'd love to do that, but we can't. It's against the law. Well, obviously, that that law is being changed in this. Good. Um, uh, there's about a half a trillion dollars of liquidity. Uh, um, being made available to uh, to to large businesses, uh, 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 small businesses are also getting uh, same access to credit under different circumstances. It's it's flawed. I mean, it's going to um, uh, guarantee a serious misallocation of resources on the small business side, but it does keep the doors open, and that's what has to be done right now. You're uh, one of the leading fiscal conservatives in the Congress. I was listening to an interesting podcast the other day with a bunch of conservatives on there. Arguing over whether it would have been a better better idea to have everybody get a check as opposed to have a cutoff at a certain salary range for a, for, a, for a number of reasons. Where do you come down on that? Well, the answer is neither. Uh, we tried that under George Bush, and it was a ghastly failure. 
government cannot give a person a dollar until it takes it away from somebody else. So the, the net stimulus effect is zero. In reality, it's, it's less than zero because there's a huge difference between paying somebody a dollar for a cup of coffee and simply giving them a dollar. Um, uh, so uh, you, you shouldn't be doing either. What you should be doing, because, you know, again, this is a liquidity crisis for individuals as well. What we need to be doing is a payroll tax holiday, voluntary. You, you choose. You can forego uh, paying your payroll tax for the rest of the year. If you're a $50,000 wage earner, that's another $4,000 in your pocket. The exchange is a slight delay in your retirement date. That is revenue neutral. It would not add to the debt. It would put $4,000 more into the pocket of every $50,000 wage earner, and it would give an inducement to get back to work right away. We're going in a different direction with a lot of these policies, and they're not going to help. Congressman Tom McClintock of 4th District in California. Tom, uh, I have a good flight back to D.C. I have a feeling you're going to get both armrests, as there aren't many people flying. And uh, we appreciate the chat. Let's do it again soon. Great. Thanks, guys. All right. You got it. So, you know, uh, we've mocked CNN for ages. Good thing or bad thing? Good thing or bad thing? And as usual, the answer is more complex. And Tom says, look, a lot of good stuff in here, but it's a dangerous thing we're doing. And we have to be sober and understand the risk we're taking. Boy, and it's going to have tentacles, I would think, for a long time. Two trillion dollars is a ton of money. That's almost half of what we spend every year. Right. In this one bill. That's mm. incredible. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We got to finish our round of golf today. They said they were going to close the golf course at one point, and now they're saying they're going to be closed, and other courses are talking about closing. But you don't really get that close to one another on a golf course, and I think for some of the older guys that golf is their only exercise, uh, I think it's going to hurt them if you start closing all the golf courses. I'm just saying, and if you do close them, you better open up some insane asylum. Get me a bed, because I know if I can't play golf for the next month, I would go crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Wife-beating murderer, Orenthal James Simpson there. Juice. What do you mean by crazy, sir? Nobody under- how crazy? Nobody understands less how they're perceived than O.J. Simpson in the history of the world. Could be. He has no concept the way practically everybody views him. Boy, it's like it's not to, really the juice anymore. I know. If it. I don't get to play golf, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> yeah. We 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 already think you're crazy. We think you convinced yourself you didn't kill people, or you're such a sociopath you could lie about it. And not, what are you talking Dare. about, you nut job? Come on, juice. <laughs> Here's a couple of nuts and bolts for you. Joe said something off air that I that I've had a feeling of myself. Uh oh. Maybe it was off the record. Where uh, I don't think it was. Uh, we'll find out in a moment. Um, <laughs> uh, where uh, I have a feeling every day, okay, uh, I felt this yesterday where I felt like, I, I think people have had about enough of this. I think we're kind of over the hump here and things are going to get back to normal everything. And then I just look at the raw numbers. For instance, nationwide, there are now about 69,000 confirmed cases. That's a 25% increase from Tuesday. And now... 1,031 deaths, a 29% increase from the day before. When the number of deaths nationwide are jumping by a third a day, 
we're not over anything. Exactly. And I might be tired of it. You might be tired of it. But the virus is not tired of being the virus. If you've just shown up to the coronavirus party or the Armstrong and Getty uh, version of the coronavirus party, we're fully cognizant of the flu numbers every year and how, at this point in the U.S. of A., we're nowhere near them. On the other hand, um, as Jack pointed out, if we're looking at jumps forward like that and we've barely gotten started, it's not clear at what point on the curve we are, um, yeah, it would be so easy to see all the hospitals completely overwhelmed. And you, and you get math, right? 30% of a bigger number is a much bigger number if we're jumping by 30 40% every day. Yeah, yeah. You know what's really funny, and then we have other things to get to, but speaking of uh, you know where we are in the curve and variations depending on where you are, there was a, a mind-blowing piece yesterday written by a doctor who works at a hospital in one of the poorer parts of New York. Was it the Bronx? I can't remember. Um, uh, they had 13 deaths there in a day. From coronavirus, 13. Then we got a note from uh, a good friend and listener in San Diego who was saying uh, he went to the hospital with his mom for an unrelated thing, and it was empty. The nurses were playing solitaire. I mean, it was, it was nobody was there. Um, so I would, you know, say to those nurses, and they know it, wait. Well, and that's leading to this problem. So hospitals in urban areas are getting overwhelmed, and they're starting to ship people over to these uh, more rural areas where they had no cases Guess what happens when you ship all the cases over to the rural area? Now they got cases everywhere. Oh boy! And uh, they're saying, the, you know, they're hospitals and they're doctors and nurses and they want to treat people. But on the other hand, we're fine here in this bubble here in you know rural wherever. Quit sending us all your cases. Now we have the problem. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know what you do. It is indeed. Uh, one more note from the hospitals of the land: there are folks who um, will never recover who are on uh, the respirators. You've heard of that, the whole pulling the plug thing. Usually that's somebody who's on uh, on a respirator. Well, as hospitals are running out of respirators, and you got some 42-year-old mom of three comes in and needs one, and you got some guy who's essentially been produce, a vegetable, no offense, um... For a very long time, produce that was that was out of hand. Michael, was... hit, uh, rewind when this wow. actually airs. Edit that out. Yeah. Well, no, you have somebody who's essentially been a vegetable for a very long time, and the hospitals are saying we're not going to deny this respirator to the healthy, otherwise healthy young person. And so the hospitals are having to reach out to some of the families who have these folks on respirators and say, "Hey, look, what do you say? What do you think?" And, you know, that's that's a heavy decision. I sh- I'm not going to try to make it lightly from a radio studio, but I think I, well, I know I know what I would say if some loved one was never going to recover. Um, this, this is another interesting angle kind of along those lines is, um, uh, uh, I'll have to dig up the article, a lot of older people are not doing as much isolation because they're kind of whatever. If I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. I've lived my life. I'm going to make this decision. And so a lot of older people are less worried about themselves than we are worried about them. Uh, Interesting. And and also the idea of, was it the governor of New Mexico or whatever? And this got a lot of, uh, was seen as awful on some of your cable news channels. But he was saying, look, I'm older. Don't don't wreck the economy for my grandchildren. If I die, I die. But I don't want the economy to be destroyed for my kids and their kids. Right. Especially because, as we've been discussing. I know my parents would feel that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have no doubt of it, um, especially because, as we've been discussing on an ongoing basis, a ruined economy will cost hundreds of thousands of lives, directly and indirectly. 
in healthcare, in deaths of despair, in suicides, addiction, the rest of it. Can you imagine if we had sustained 25% unemployment in this country? The, the, the toll, the death toll would boggle the mind. So anybody who's continuing to say the economy versus health is just probably they should be forcibly removed from the airwaves because they're just not smart enough. In fact, I know if I'm 80 I'm years old, you, CNN. if I'm 80 years CBS. old, I would I would absolutely say out loud, no, don't shut down the nation's economy because you're worried about me catching the coronavirus. I'll stay in. I'll stay in or I'll get it or whatever, but don't ruin the economy for the next however many years for, for me. Right, right. But these are the... I'm sure not everybody feels that way. These are the factors that the president and his team are weighing, and they're weighing them carefully every single day as events change. And again, if you're new to the A&G party and have just been listening to the mainstream media, the whole question of, the president says he wants to open the economy by Easter. Health officials say no. It's just not what's happening. It's an ongoing discussion about where... When and how much to open things back up again so we don't, you know, starve ourselves into more deaths than the stinking Chinese virus. We try not to play clips from The View because it's, uh, it's the worse. worst thing ever. It's worse than it's worse than the, the commie virus, actually. The View. If I could rid the world of one of the two, <laughs> I'd have to think about it. <laughs> I'd probably come down on the virus, but it, I'd, I'd have to pause. Yeah, I hear you. But uh, billionaire NBA owner and super smart guy Mark Cuban was on The View. Any small company with under 500 employees could go to their bank and apply now to read the legislation as soon as they release it so you fully understand whether or not you're eligible or not. Because the beautiful thing about this money that's been released for small businesses, if you keep all your your employees and over the term of the loan, um, three, four months, whatever it may be, you keep all your employees. You don't have to pay it back. This is the money you need to stay wow. in business. So don't quit now. Hold on to those employees. Tell them you're going to bring them back. Get to your bank. Get it turned around now. All you have to do is prove what your payroll has been for the last three months, and you're golden. There you go. Good mm-hmm. advice from a smart guy. Most important part, you go to your bank today and begin the, hey, I want to apply for these uh, small business loans. Here's my, you know, do I qualify? Start those conversations sooner rather than later. Well, and and I think once it gets up and going, and I don't know if this contradicts Mark Cuban, but it's uh, it's true. They're saying once this is up and running, it ought to be same day. You go in, you apply, they say, hell yeah, you get your money that day, small business people, to pay your folks. So uh, so do your best. And just to the, the good people listening, if you're doing okay, you got some money in the bank, um, you're not panic-stricken. Uh, remember to support your local businesses, local restaurants in particular. Do do the takeout thing. Um, it's it's they're set up, they're for it, they're super efficient. Nobody has to touch much, and 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 just you know see if they can keep their folks uh, you know being paid to prevent a greater economic tragedy. We're reacting differently than normal. Obviously, 32 million people watched the Network Evening News broadcast last week. Mm. Network Evening News hasn't been relevant in a long, long time. But our people are quite a few people are watching. 42% increase from last year. I'm sure more people are watching this week than they were last week. Uh, there were some opportunities, still are in the market if you got the money. Extraordinary note from a hedge fund manager, Bill Ackman. I guess he's a, a rock star among people who follow that sort of thing. Says he made a $27 million bet in early March when the corona first started bubbling up around the world that markets would crash due to the coronavirus. That has paid off $2.6 billion. I'm happy for him. 
<laughs> Why are you reading this to us? Which he is now investing in companies including Hilton, Lowe's, Burger King, blah, 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 things that he thinks are uh, low and, you know, going to do great once ever, all this is over. Ah, uh, okay. Turned $27 million into $2.6 billion by betting on it going down. In a couple of weeks. Yep. Wow. Amazing. And this news is out. Why the tech companies had all those masks? So I think we all had the same reaction on Monday when we heard about Facebook is shipping 3 million of those uh, masks that work to, uh, to, to to hospitals. And we thought, why did Facebook have 3 million masks? Why did Twitter First of have- all, thanks, Mark, for taking a brief break from evil. But why so many masks? Yeah, it turns out when the wildfire started in California, and most of these big tech companies are in California, the government made them buy a certain number of masks. So they did. They went out and bought all these masks and put them in warehouses. So now they got all these extra masks laying around, and they're sending them around. So I will certainly wait because our frontline medical professionals are desperate for these things still. I keep thinking today's the day that they have plenty of them. Uh, and I hope it is. Maybe it is. Um, I'm going to wait. But this is twice now in a couple of years I've needed an N95 mask. Or at least wished I had one. I got several boxes from back when the wildfires were happening. You got to donate them, Jack. You got to. I'm looking out for my own. You just got to. I want to make sure I got enough. Just claim you are. Nobody will know. Claim I'm donating? Yes. I'm donating this afternoon. <laughs> oh, boy. You're a bad person. I tricked you into that that confession. He lies, he cheats, he hoards masks. <laughs> Who is this man? I don't have a million of them. I got like... <laughs> Who is this man? Well, Helen, like you got 20, a house full of kids and everything. I got like 20 of them. And one of them with a compromised immune system, which is one right. of the reasons my wife is uh, not letting us do anything. So I sneak into the donut shop on the way home. Well, I sentence you to 10 years of shame suspended. I don't suspended. Know. I don't know if anybody else is doing this because our son does have compromised immune system because of all the medicine he's on. Um, uh, my wife makes me take off all my clothes outside the door and throw them in the wash and I come in. And dance, just and briefly. I, and I have to dance. <laughs> right. And I don't know why I have to do that. And then she it's turns. to shake off the virus, man. And then she turns on house music and has me do calisthenics. <laughs> it's so weird. Sensible precaution. But if that protects my son, that's okay with me. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show. The New York Strip Club has launched virtual reality lap dances for patrons to stream at home. Or if you don't have VR goggles, you can just burn a $100 bill while you listen to White Snake. I missed the joke. Can you play it again for me? I want to hear this. A New York strip club has launched virtual reality lap dances for patrons to stream at home. Or if you don't have VR goggles, you can just burn a hundred dollar bill while you listen to White Snake. That's pretty good. Uh, That's pretty good. That's pretty funny. That's uh, Seth Meyers, I understand. Pretty darn funny. So is he from his kitchen or bedroom or whatever he's doing? Yes, uh, broadcasting from his his uh, his uh, sheltering in place domicile. Gotcha. Um. Wow, breaking news. Federal prosecutors announcing drug charges against Venezuela and fathead President Nicolas Maduro and other government officials. Wow. That's interesting. Um, so, you've probably heard the story about this guy who drank the aquarium cleaner and died. Yes, because it had the uh, chloroquine in it. I am not going to get it. You can not You can do it if you want, and I'll listen, but you can't drag me into the Trump conversations. I just won't do it. 
I don't think America cares. I think the fact that he's at 60% approval on Corona shows that they don't care. So go ahead, go ahead, cable news, argue about it. Knock yourself out. I turned on the shows yesterday. I'm out. I wish I could follow the news, but I guess I can't. You're not going to give me anything important. But you say that adamantly every other day. Then the other day, you do it. So don't yell at me for doing it. Don't think I'm yelling. I'm speaking loudly. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going to get drug into the, the this. But um, that's what we do. We speak for people who are not. Now I'm yelling. <laughs> Let's all take a minute. We speak just want to say, pe- can we please keep the chatter to a minimum? We speak for people who are not represented by the mainstream media. I don't think most we people counter are. counter the argument. I don't believe most people are even aware of these stories. So I'd have to tell them about the story before I could argue about it. So, but anyway. Um, so the, the, You're the, wrong. The, the, there. I got the last word the, now. The pre- Go ahead if you'd like. The pre- I can do this all day. <laughs> all right. So the president... And uh, and Dr. Fauci were, were mentioning a drug the other day that 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 could work. So that drug um, uh, is in or a drug that sounds like that drug is in aquarium cleaner. And this moron drank it and he died, which is just an incredible thing. It's too bad. Uh, I'm reading from. Uh, yeah, I guess something Any, was going to get him sooner. Anybody or later. that stupid. I don't have a lot of time for, you know, maybe he's mentally ill in that case, you know. A person that can't it's take sad, care yeah. of themselves, that's sad. But, but a guy who's going to swig down aquarium cleaner, it's just a question of when. Right. Uh, I'll read from Jonah Goldberg's column on this. Nobody likes Trump less than him, but this is what he wrote. A few days ago, a couple took a chloroquine phosphate as a prophylactic treatment for the coronavirus. The wife got sick and is in ICU. The husband died in front of her. I don't want to be insensitive, but that was a very dumb thing to do. They made this Darwin Award-level mistake because they heard Donald Trump talk about the drug... Uh, however you pronounce that, hydrocloxacorquine, uh, as a potential game-changing treatment for the coronavirus. NBC ran the story breathlessly as an indictment of the president, and it was shared widely for the same person. I agree with Charlie Cook that what NBC did was wildly sensationalistic and indefensible. If your immediate reaction to finding a jar of fish tank cleaner is to swallow the contents because you heard the president talk about a drug with a similar name, it's not the president's fault. <laughs> God, no kidding. Um, but on the, for smarter people though, I find this interesting. You got to assume doctors are smart. They're certainly not drinking aquarium cleaner dumb like that guy did. States say doctors are stockpiling trial coronavirus drugs for themselves. Anything that gets mentioned by anybody, they're stockpiling for themselves. Doctors are hoarding medications touted as possible coronavirus treatments by writing prescriptions for themselves and for family members, according to pharmacy boards in states across the country. Oh, boy. The stockpiling has become so worrisome in Idaho, Kentucky, Ohio, Nevada, Oklahoma, North Carolina, and Texas that the boards in those states have issued emergency restrictions or guidelines on how the drugs can be dispensed at pharmacies, and more states are expected to follow suit. This particular drug being one of them, this malaria drug or whatever that may or may not work, the doctors heard it, they're smart people, and immediately started writing prescriptions to their family members so that they could hoard up on it. I heard one doctor talking, he had a patient who was clinging to life, and he thought, we've got to try this. And he called over to the pharmacy, said, we need some of this for the patient. Pharmacy said there isn't any. He said, what do you mean there isn't any? There always is. And they said what you just said. None of the drugs... Somebody's bought it all up. Yeah, none of the drugs have yet been approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, but some of them, including the chloroquine and the hydrochloroquine, are commonly used to treat malaria, and they're off the shelves all over the place because the pharmacists have been... uh, 
And that's pretty, that's something. So you write yourself probably. I don't know if there's a limit to how much you can get yourself or if you think it would be a red flag if you said you wanted five gallons. But so you write a prescription for yourself and then for your wife and then for your kids and then for your friends. Right. So you got it all hoarded up on. And you don't even need it yet. So doctors are doing what morons were doing in the toilet paper aisle of the Costco. Exactly. That's lovely. Yeah. You got to take those doctors and and jab them with needles, don't you? Something particular to being a doctor. That'd be an interesting punishment. I'm not sure if that's constitutional. And like one out every five needle, it'd have the uh, the COVID in it. And you're jabbing with a needle because they're doctors and doctors are involved with needles? I'm just thinking about If you're a construction worker, you hit them with a sledgehammer. For instance. Is that the way this whole thing works? Well, it might. You're punished in whatever line of work you're in? (laughs) Well, (laughs) if you abuse your particular line of work, yes. Gotcha. Exactly. So if I did it, they'd shove a microphone down my throat or or, or a different place. <laughs> or, or up you. Yeah. Exactly. The American Medical Association. Justice. The American Medical Association denounced the practice of, yeah, I suppose, as calling Good. for a stop to inopro- any inappropriate prescribing and ordering of medication. Oh, right. Of course, you're not supposed to prescribe anything that's not necessary, period. So not only is hoarding pretty unethical, you're not supposed to prescribe drugs to your family members that they don't need as a doctor. Right, yeah. For all kinds of obvious reasons. Wow, wow. Bring out the needle. China stealing masks. That story coming up. Awesome. Awesome. 